0: Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and welcome back to a little bit of more of a somber edition, but optimistic edition of our U.S. Men's National Team's recap. This will also kind of be a little bit of a looking ahead, uh, but mostly focused on, at least to start, the results against the Netherlands in the round of 16. The U.S. was unable to keep up uh, the, the progression, I think, in this game. They they lost 3-1. to one. I also don't think the score necessarily shows what actually happened in that game, uh, but just some initial thoughts from from me for this game. I think they, the Netherlands, uh, and their manager, Louis van Gaal, who's a legendary coach, uh, they had great tactics coming into this game. And I think we've had good tactics throughout most of the group stage, and we've commented on that. I think Greg's had a great approach, too a lot of our games from a tactical and roster approach perspective, like starting 11. And I think Netherlands just kind of outdid us in in this one. I think they forced us to take the ball and to try to break them down. They kind of dictated where the ball had to go. They basically totally closed up shop in the middle of the field, um, virtually eliminated our midfield from the offensive side of of the play and put all the pressure on our wing backs. And then they are, their forwards spread out, to press our wing backs. And when we lost the ball on offense, they were already wide in transition and Cody Gakpo and Memphis Depay are going to make you pay. And neither of those two, Oh, Memphis did score the first goal, but those two were effective today. Uh, They were none of them as a team, a hell of a lot more effective than we were as a team when it came to their, their results. So very disappointing. Uh, This is the first game that I, I do think that we deserve to lose uh, we we were not the better team, but I also think we were in it. We could have been in it for a lot longer, even given a couple defensive lapses. Um, so to me, our worst game of the tournament, unfortunately, we also just looked really tired. I don't know what you think about it, Justin, but like I, the guys just looked a little bit leggy out there. And I, I think it's because we were having the same guys start day in, day out in these games. And it's also hard. I mean, like, what is there three or four games in between matches? People don't really understand soccer fitness, but that's a lot to play consistently uh, to play at that high level too. And not the weather, I don't think really was a part of it, but it's it's difficult to maintain your intensity for 90, closer to 100 plus minutes with stoppage time at, at that level. So I think that kind of caught up to us a little bit today.
1: Some of those guys shouldn't be tired because Greg barely played them in the previous games. But I will say I disagree with you on, on we should have lost that game. Our expected goals was 1.89 and they were 1.85. We'll get into some chances and <laughs> why that is, but... I thought the boys held their own. We had 58%, 58% possession, 17 shots with six of them on goal. Netherlands had 15 shots with seven of them on goal. Matt Turner stood on his head for a couple of those. Couldn't do anything about the goals, but I don't know. I thought they put their chances away when they had them and they were few and far between, but they capitalized. And that's just something we didn't do, but I thought we had the better of the chances.
0: Yeah. I when I say we deserve to lose, I think they had a plan and we had a plan. They executed their plan to perfection and we really didn't. Uh, I, I know. I, I think we knew about what their plan would be to address us, because we know our own weaknesses. And I just feel like we didn't have um, either the right players or the right adjustments in game, or just a couple of lapses, just like mental moments uh, that just got away from us. So that I mean, to me, against a big team, you're going to get punished, and Netherlands punished us three times. On, let's get in some lapses. highlights, though. Let's let's get into yeah, the highlights. Well, let's be positive. We, let's, before we be negative. We will. We'll, and we'll be very positive, too, I think, especially in some of the looking at it. Because I think generally there should be a very positive vibe around our result in this World Cup. Uh, I was pretty shocked. This is a highlight for me because Greg is, I feel like, a man that's pretty set in his way. He's a tactician. He he does spend a lot of time noodling on, on the tactics and, and understanding formations. But all of a sudden, when we needed a goal, which we've kind of needed goals throughout this entire tournament, Greg was willing to go away from just playing a striker for playing a striker's sake. And to me, we'll talk about a little of the negative, but I'm going to talk about the positive for now. That was great because I think we looked a lot better without Ferrer on the field. I think he came into a tough, tough situation having to come in as a striker against Netherlands, and he's a very much of a drop deep and connect play type guy, which isn't what we really needed. But finally, Greg just realizes that we just need to put our best players out there and make it happen. And I was just happy to see him come to that realization and, you know, I'll be too late,
1: but doing that made us look a
0: hell of a lot more dynamic than we had been in the first half.
1: Geo looks great for only playing what, like nine minutes ahead of that. And yeah, yeah. it was tough. It was a tough spot for his Freire. I don't, I don't, I don't drop him at all. I think he, he did fine. And it was nothing. He didn't do great, but extremely tough to just come on and start a world cup knockout round yeah. game without playing a single minute. So I think he did fine, but Geo looked awesome. So I completely agree with you there. I'm glad that Greg did that at halftime too and didn't wait until like the 80th. Yeah,
0: no, I, I am too. Just a couple of highlights. You know what? I, I did have to look a little bit harder for this one because I, I do think this wasn't this, like I did say to me, it was, it was our worst game we've played so far. Uh, I, I look at a couple guys though, especially in the first half. I thought Anthony Robinson played incredible. I think he his work rate off the ball, on the ball, he's always sprinting. He and he, you showed me some stats, Justin. Like, he had some of the highest sprinting totals, like time spent sprinting in the World Cup thus far. I think it was maybe second. Um, um, so in in the World Cup throughout the group stage, so impressive for him. I love just how hard he works on both sides of the ball. You can tell he cares. You saw some videos on Twitter about him being emotional after the Iran victory and just how much that meant to him. Like, I just love how invested he's in, and he's been a guy that like we weren't always counting on. He was kind of out of the picture for a while, and then he gained his spot back in the World Cup qualifying, and I think he was one of our our most consistent performers of the World Cup and of World Cup qualifying outside of the laps that he had on
1: on one of the goals. Completely agree, And, and he's one of the guys, we'll get into superlatives later, but he was one of the stars for me of this tournament. Dest also had a great first half I think because
0: he was playing so hard and he had so much to play for this is his home country Netherlands he was raised there he probably knows a lot of these these folks on the on Netherlands roster and for him you could tell he really cared about it and he wanted to just sink his all into it and I think unknowingly he kind of just gassed himself through the first half because he was he was looking like he was our most our biggest threat on the ball throughout most of the first half. And he was just going, it's like, just get him the ball, just get him the ball. Things are happening. And I think he just tired himself out after a while, but I think he was another guy. People had worries coming to the world cup and desk, you know, he's an offensive threat. He's a great dribbler, great technical ability, but people are like, yeah, but his defense don't know about that. I think he had a pretty good defensive world cup. I I, I think he, he kind of proved the, the, the doubters wrong on that. And I think he had another great first half though. He did have to be subbed in the second.
1: I thought he did great. And you're right. He worked his butt off and i loved seeing him get up and down the wing with Weya. I think that was one of the more exciting parts, especially when Gio was on as well, looking at those three connect and how tactically sound they are and creative. I'm excited for what's to come, but I wish we would have had more time with them.
0: Yeah. And finally, Reem was my man of the match for us. I I know it wasn't a pretty game in terms of the scoreboard. I don't think any of those three goals were his fault. Uh, I think, for us, I mean, he was a guy that wasn't even in the, in the fringe looking into the World Cup, and then some injuries happen. He's a proven vet, and he gets thrown in. And I think he has done nothing but raise his stock and and raise the respect the program should have for him and being our, our center back. I mean, if we had to go play a World Cup in a year or two, I still think he might be in the picture. But given that it's four years away, I think his age might catch up to him in that case. So I don't think he'll be around anymore. But what a tournament from from Tim Rehm. I, I thought he was incredible today, still, and
1: he just looked like our best defender throughout the entirety of the tournament. I mean, he he for sure was in this game specifically. I know all three of the goals Adams should have tracked back on Depay, but then so Adams in the midfield, obviously, but Des yeah. should have marked blind or blind tighter, and Robinson yeah. didn't even see D- yeah. Dum- Dumfries behind him. Yeah, yeah, I was so those two, and then Walker Zimmerman almost put in an own goal. So the only one yeah. that didn't have an absolute blunder was Tim. I thought he played great. Yeah which is a great transition into some of our lowlights. I will one more mention on the highlights. I think
0: Greg finally did show that he had some subs that could make an impact off the bench. Yedlin was a good sub today. I think uh, Reina, obviously, and Aronson as well came on and made an impact, a tangible impact.
1: So a little bit too late, but uh, happy for them. Last highlight: the goal. We got a goal. It was awesome. They get a Haji, goal. It looked awesome. Haji Wright, great job. Kidding. You have bricks for feet. You couldn't even get your foot around the ball, and you. I don't even know. I don't know the physics of how that ball went in. Couldn't score like, that a goal again. I mean, no, couldn't score it again not. if you tried. No, and we'll get into low lights. He's full of them.
0: It had Julian Green 2014 vibes. You remember that game against yes. Belgium when he somehow scored that goal? It had, but almost like even luckier. I, I couldn't believe that. Completely agree. Uh, low lights. So I go back to Greg on the willingness to depart from the traditional strikers. He talked before the game about what he had, what, what Ferrer was going to do in this game, dropping back into the midfield, receiving the ball, connecting. If that's what Ferrer is going to do, why don't we put someone that's better at doing that job in the game, like Giovanni Reina, yeah. like to start, like, it just doesn't make sense to me. Like, if you know, that's his role, that's not a forward's role. Traditionally, they can do some of that. We need a striker. And if we're not going to play with like with our striker having that expectation to go out score goals, run, make good runs, and then why play
1: him in the first place? He's not the best player at doing that job. I didn't realize that that's what Greg said ahead of time. I thought he was putting him in yeah. as, as a guy to finish in front of net, which we've had trouble on. Um, and so that was my take. I was okay with him starting, yeah. him, but I didn't realize that that was actually the plan. Otherwise, yeah, Gio, he made comments. Gio's, the guy, Gio's the guy that when the ball's on his feet, he looks filthy. <laughs> yeah. He's just for real. No one on the Netherlands is scared when the ball's at his feet. I can promise you that. Yep. Dumb. And
0: th- goes back to this: if even if Ferrer was brought on to be that finisher, he hasn't been doing that recently, and we haven't been doing that recently. We again today, what bites us time and time again is that we just can't be lethal. Like when these, like that chance to pull us, like right in the beginning of the game, like yeah, it was really close offsides. Maybe he's thinking he's offsides. So that kind of gets into his mind. We have to put that in the back of the net. There is no excuse. This is this is the World Cup. You have to take your chances, and if you don't, which we didn't, they scored minutes later. You have I, to score.
1: I have a, a little section on here for chances. Pulisic that was in the third minute. Yeah, I, yes, he should have put that away. I think he was surprised, so I'll give yeah. him that. He did, he did fine. The next chance, Tim Ream in the 49th, he was fighting through. I, it's tough. He was falling over when he hit it. He just didn't get a hold of the ball, but that was a clearance off the line. That was tough for us. Turner in the 71st kept us alive. Already down 2-0, making that first save, and then that Memphis. Uh, diving header right after is a second save. Awesome. And then to follow that Haji Wright bricks for feet, takes that massive 15-yard touch when it's just him and the goalie. Don't know what was going on there. And then Walker Zimmerman in the 85th trying a bicycle's kick. If you get on Twitter right now, he got absolutely roasted. It was just like, oh, Zimmerman with the bike, and people are throwing up like videos of uh, Swaggy P. Turn around, going like this after thinking three. Yes, got absolutely roasted. So, yes, I couldn't agree more. We couldn't put our chances away. And that's why we didn't
0: win. And it's devastating, man. It's just devastating because I just – I felt it. And even in those moments, it's just like, man, I don't want to have to feel this because I feel like if 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 we put that away, maybe this game is different. But I feel like when we miss it, you give that team like, a oh, whole that was close. Let's go get a little distance between us and them because they could do this to us. And I – it just we, – we keep saying it. And no one's just going to flip a switch and say, oh, I'm going to be clinical all of a sudden and, and score these goals. But we are, like, that is the biggest hole for us right now is we don't have a proven goal scorer. It doesn't even have to be the striker position, but someone when the ball falls to them, it's going in the back of the net. They're just, I think Polisic's the closest we have, but he's not that exactly. And it's just frustrating. Like, that, that is the biggest hole for us. It, we don't need to win these games on XG. Like, you saw the, the stats after the XG for both of us. We're, like, separated by a hundredths of a decimal. We were both in the 1.8s. And so that, that tells you Netherlands didn't have these crazy good chances to make to get their three goals. They just finished them when they came. They and were we all were, basically the same. We yeah. were caught sleeping.
1: We were, we were those boys sleeping. just did not pay attention. Adams should have tracked back. Death yep. should have marked Blind closer. And Anthony Robinson Robinson didn't even see uh the guy behind him. And and you can see it on Tim Room's face. He's like, Why were you marking the same guy I was? Yeah. That's tough. And but they put him away. And like you said, that's just one thing we couldn't do. Um, the only other thing I, and I would also touch kind of leading us into that and I know we have some other points, but kind of related to that is our set pieces. We we can't. It, we didn't even give, give ourselves a chance to be lethal. Our corner kicks were either way wide, way long, or right at six foot eight goalie. I I, I can't get over that. It's no, it's bad. And That was another theme we kept hitting on
0: too. It just felt today like it just maybe wasn't our day. Like even the passes we had, like things were behind people, and it was disruptive to the flow. Like. I just don't really ever think we kind of hit gear. We had some good, we had some good sequences for sure, but like throughout a full half, like most of these first halves through the group stage, we were playing really well, like for most of the first half. And for this, it kind of just like they came and they went really, there wasn't really a general flow to our game, which was unfortunate. And that, that'll put you off. And I, I said, I said the beginning, a couple of guys to me kind of just look leggy, kind of off tempo, which I think kind of goes back to what I just said. And I don't, th- I think we also generally realized that we made some subs, but We're not a very deep team yet, and I think deep teams are what you need to win big games like that because they made two subs at half too, and both those guys were impactful. So it's about being able to not only know when to adjust, but have the players to go to in those situations, and that's not Greg's problem. Uh, But I think that's a problem that we are addressing, and it will not be the same come the next world cup or next tournament so
1: but what is greg's problem is his in-game management we've talked about this all the time and uh, let's get into what those subs were we already agreed geo at half was great i was so pumped when i saw him getting instructions on the ipad at halftime knowing that he was coming straight in aaronson came in, in 67th i would have brought him in a little bit earlier but i think that's fine i did not like that he came in for whale personally i think that should have been musa Musa was, he had a great tournament, but he was just kind of out there running around. I don't, I can't recall anything fantastic by Musa. And I think is dangerous. When we're down, you need to keep Weya on. So happy Aronson came on, but should just stayed. Yedlin for Destin, 76. Or sorry, I'm skipping over one. And the biggest one, Haji Wright for Weston McKinney. What the F was going on in Greg's mind where he thinks Haji Wright's going to bring us back to this game? No clue um yedlin for Des. that's just because Des retired and yedlin can absolutely fly so i was okay with that and then i i swear to god jordan morris i was hoping he was up there at like the 86 he didn't get on to the 90th plus two because there was no stoppage i was hoping there wasn't gonna be a stoppage jordan morris's cleat should never touch grass for the u.s men's national team again i hope he liked it because he's done
0: yeah that's just and i i like jordan's story but it's just in the world cup he's just not a world cup player and in I, to me he was just an inclusion because we had some extra spots and and yeah I couldn't believe that we went to him either. and you, you mentioned in-game management yeah the subs some of them the the, the, the personnel was off and taking off certain people was't the right move. It's also like Greg, say something to these players that aren't tracking their defenders like clearly it's not resonating today. this is not this is not complex stuff. you learn this very early on. It's not like it's man on man defense and basketball, but kind of sometimes when you get into defense, you either you de- know you can you can defend zonally or you can defend more man to man, and either way, you got to pick someone up. And how we we let three goals happen with the same exact situation where it's just blown coverage—it's ridiculous. It's like what what did you say at halftime? What did you say after the first goal? You, these guys have got to flip on and and not let these things happen because it's just daggers man like if we got beat because we got beat and they played outplayed us and and they had these beautiful moves and someone scored a 40 yard just banger of a goal okay i'll tip my hat to them but we kind of a little bit undid ourselves which is the most frustrating thing to me that
1: was Blinn's third goal in like 89 matches from yeah just come on is that a goal scorer no absolutely not all right what about uh what else do you have on low lights we talked about so much else. I think oh, about, I think we
0: talked about it.
1: Greg's bounce passes. Oh, the bounce <laughs> pass just, was off, dude. Just get the ball to our guys. You threw one. Away. He even like missed one. It, like That's so what bad I'm that it, about. it literally yeah. lost us time. Like just, just. I love listen, actually. Ball, I dude. love,
0: I love the bounce passes. I think they're so hilarious. And he's talked about it before. I think he's talked about it. In an interview, I forget. Look it up. Like, look up Greg Berhalter bounce passes on YouTube. He's definitely talked about like why he does it. There is a reason why he does it. I think it's for momentum in terms of throwing. Like, it's better to receive the ball instead of like up top from a throw, bouncing it to you, and you being able to kind of flow into your form. It's a lot. I'm not saying it's proven, but just, he has a reason. I just behind get the ball it. to the dude. I just get the ball back. I know. Play. And he did cost us time at the end of the game, which was stupid. I just hate this game to think back on now because I think a little bit of what-if situation. Like, what if we wouldn't have been switched off on those three different goals? And what if we would have finished that Pulisic chance? And you never want to finish a game and just thinking about those hypotheticals. And I'm not going to think about that much more, but it does suck to kind of finish that game and, and have to think about that. Like, what if we would have taken our chances? And what if that's the last thing I'll say,
1: what if our coach wasn't blind? What if he could read, what if I, (laughs) what if he could throw the ball to our guys and not waste time for us? It would just a lot of what ifs couldn't imagine. Uh, let Okay. Let's, let's take a deep breath.
0: Let's take our negative Nancy hat off and let's start to think about what's ahead. Cause I think we all want to find a place to rest our hat and think about what's in it for the future. So think about the world cup now. So it's the round of 16, every single CONCACAF team gone. Uh, So North America as a continent has been eliminated and we were the best though of them in the world cup. And you look at teams like Mexico and Canada. So those are probably our biggest rivals, both historically and of the future. And I think they're both trending opposite directions. So Mexico, Mexico, Let's go ahead and recap what, what Mexico has been through recently here. They lost the gold cup. They lost nation's league to us. They failed to qualify for the U 20 world cup. They failed to qualify for the 24 Olympics, which is a U 23 mostly tournament and their run of qualifying for six straight world cup round of 16s has been snapped. So Mexico is reeling at this point. I don't know much about their pipeline or what they have coming up. It hasn't been impressive, and you think they would have blooded some of those players maybe along the way here. So, Mexico, they
1: could be fading a little bit here. And, and and I think Canada's slowly starting to ramp up. Mexico is tanking, and I don't know what they're tanking for. You don't get like a first overall pick for sucking. And like no. they, they literally, <laughs> their main team just didn't get out of the group. And like you just said, they didn't qualify for the uh, U20 World Cup or the Olympics, which is a bunch of young guys. So, their pipeline is empty. These guys yep. should be a little concerned. I'd be very concerned. And they fired their coach right
0: if they lost yep. Tata Martino, their coach now gone. So I think they're entering a rebuild phase, which is only great for us. I think we're, we're entering like this, just kind of a, almost like accelerator phase. We're just getting better and better and building and building. Canada is a little bit similar. They don't have as deep a pipeline as I think we do, but they showed not as good as Mexico in the tournament but for different reasons. Like I think Canada just exerted everything they had in that first Belgium game. It just wasn't enough. And I think it could have been because Belgium was shaky. Obviously they got eliminated. And then the next two games, they just didn't really have it, uh, but they do have some good players. They do have some young talents that are coming up. I fully expect them to kind of draw a comparison. Think about the St. Louis Blues. The Blues Blackhawks has always been a rivalry. It always will be. And I think about that as like us Mexico. I'm kind of thinking now Canada is becoming our next big adversary. They are going to be challenging for years to come, especially the 2026 World Cup. I think they will be a much better contender. And I think they can. They have a lot to hang their head on. Even though they lost all three games, they played really well against a very, very good team. And they returned to the World Cup after decades of not being there. So general optimism as well, I think coming from their contingent. So I think they're the one that I'm not worried about, but I'll have my, my eye on for the next couple of years here.
1: I'm excited. I'm excited to get off the Mexico train and move on in Canada. Like you said, they're trending up and they're going to be our new rival. So let's move. Yep.
0: Uh, The last thing I'll say is there's other teams in CONCACAF, Panama, Costa Rica,
1: Trinidad and Tobago. Um, The fact that we can't even name them, we shouldn't. Yeah. uh, I don't care. And that kind of
0: gets to what I'm saying is that like, not that I overlook them, but we should beat those teams regardless of what's going on because of the depth of our talent pool. So we'll see those teams still. Uh, but those Canada and Mexico cards are the ones that you probably need to worry about the most. Uh, let's get into some, some fun stuff. Let, let's let's talk about superlatives. And this is really, I think, focused on the World Cup. So World Cup U.S. men's national team superlatives. I'm going to let I you got, run through these. You have yeah. some pretty funny ones, so I'll let you fly through. So we everyone loves Captain America. They love Christian Pulisic. But for me, the most likely to find legitimate ice in his veins would be on Christian Pulisic's next primary care checkup. That guy is, and I didn't realize it until kind of this tournament and not that I didn't respect him at all, but like, yeah, I I had to take a look back at sort of his history because I mean, obviously he was very clutch for us, had the assist in the Wales game, beautiful to He had the goal in the Iran game and he, he continually looked to be pretty much our most consistent threat going forward, either because he was the finisher or because he was the creator. He always was dangerous on, on most of our set. They always kind of tag back to Christian. Christian Pulisic obviously sacrificed his body on, on put it on the line for the Iran game winner. Huge respect there. Let's go back to some of his history. He lit up when he was 16, 17 years old, the U17 Nike friendlies, the U.S. beat Brazil. Brazil has pipeline for days. That was insane. Then he put the 2017 version of this team, the U.S. men's national team on his back through most of qualifying, tried to get us back into the game, even against Trinidad and Tobago when we got eliminated from the World Cup or eliminated from World Cup qualifying it didn't make it in 2018. He had the game-winning goal in the Nations League against Mexico. He had the game-winning goal versus Mexico in a World Cup qualifier here at home. He had a hat trick in the penultimate World Cup qualifier against Panama, which all but solidified our spot in this year's World Cup. And at the club level, he's no sham either. He, he, he drew a PK in the DFB poke pokal final for in the, that's like germany's uh fa cup like england or our mls open cup here he and that was when he was young back in 2017 he scored a goal in the final of the fa cup for chelsea against arsenal and they still lost there unfortunately but he scored a goal in the semi-final of the champions league and they got an assist on the home leg against real madrid so this guy just he's a big he's a big moment player and I respect the hell out of him for it because he shows up when it matters most.
1: And he increases stock. If you've seen articles recently, Man U yeah. Arsenal and Newcastle are look, all looking at him right now. Cause right now he's not playing for Chelsea and everybody's like, what yep. is going on over there? They don't get it. So he's going to make a move and play more. So I'm excited for him.
0: I'm excited for him to get out of Chelsea. Just please, please, please let him go. And and for him to find his new home. Cause I think he's, a, he's kind of stalled there. Uh, most likely to win the lottery. Haji Wright, right? That guy could not score that goal. Any other time, any other time, you could give him a you could give him a million chances, and I do not think he scores that goal again. And not to say that was easy, and he should have scored it, but the way that all happened, for him to like just kind of flick it off his dragging foot, he wasn't looking for goal there. It, it just goes perfectly nestled into the top corner where no one can get it. That guy needs to buy a lottery ticket yesterday,
1: or something. Because I would leave him in guitar, but
0: oh my god. Uh, the most likely to be running to the plane uh just because he wants to and he doesn't really like to walk, Tyler Adams. That guy just pops up everywhere. I cannot believe, how, like his lungs just must be built for this. I mean, he is so, so fit. I cannot believe the amount of running he does. We also saw stats that he is top five, I believe, in amount of kilometers run during the group stage. The man just works his tail off. So kudos to him for that. Uh, I talked about Anthony Robinson kind of being a little bit of an enigma prior to really solidifying his spot in the World Cup qualifying roster and then coming to the World Cup and having a great performance here. To me, he was the most improved player. He's a day in day out starter for us. Now he's a day in day out starter for Fulham over. He has some competition in the left back spot. I think Kurzawa Kers- plays for Fulham and they signed him to probably replace Robinson. Robinson said, nah, I'm going to keep starting here. So kudos to him. I think he's definitely the most improved player where he's almost one of the most critical parts of our team. Cause we don't have depth there. At the left back position, how about you take us for a, a ride down STL lane here, Justin?
1: Most memorable guy from the tournament, in my opinion, Tim Ream. I don't if yeah. it, there was no blunders by this man. He was the grandpa of the team. He brought his all of his knowledge to these guys, and he also showed it on the field. And I thought he had an incredible tournament. So I would put him as the most most memorable guy from this team.
0: Yeah, when you think back to it, I think you will think about Tim Ream for this 2022 World Cup. He was just a stud. Very, very rock solid. Um, Most likely to be forgotten. You know, people forget we have Luca De La Torre that was on this roster, and he was kind of in and out of the starting 11 towards the end of World Cup qualifying, playing in the midfield when we had injuries to MMA or anyone in that group. Uh, He was in the roster. I think he was recovering from injury, and there was concerns going into the World Cup. Didn't see a minute. There was only a couple guys that didn't see a minute in the World Cup, and he was one of them. So people kind of forgot about him. Being on the team, not that like I think he's going to be around for the next cycle, but I thought that was interesting. Most likely to never see this player again, Shaq Moore. I don't think we'll ever see Shaq Moore suit up for the U.S. men's national team again, barring just MLS-based friendlies, because now he is in the MLS. Uh, that that for me,
1: he'll never play competitively again for us. He should also be left in Qatar and help take down one of those stadiums. So <laughs> Help take him down uh most likely to be one of our one of
0: our if not our superstar heading into the world cup not Polisic. I think Gio Reyna if he can find a place and find time to develop these next four years remember he he is just what is he 18 now no we gotta we gotta get I'll his right on. age Hold you, on. Go. you keep going I think you, you know going. what he, he might be 20 um Geo is twenty years old. Sorry, he's twenty. He was seventeen when he made his breakthrough. He just turned twenty, 20 though, years old. In November just turned freshly twenty, same as Musa. Geo has a high, high ceiling, and that's well run. Re- that's well known throughout Europe. Um, I think alarm bells are ringing for this guy, and I think if you give him a good go in a team, he can be a superstar. So my eyes shift to him being like our current Polisic in twenty twenty six, unless that person's not known yet, which is very feasible. Think about most of our team
1: today. These guys were like high teens. Gio's 20 right now. And yeah, Musa was 19 when this tournament started. That means that those boys, we're looking at 15, 16 year olds right now. We have plenty of time. And not that we need a lot of these guys. A lot of these guys, they'll be 24. They'll be in their prime when the next World Cup rolls around. But yeah, we can still fill the pipeline. Hopefully, we'll be a lot deeper.
0: My favorite story of the tournament was Matt Turner. I think Matt Turner wasn't called on an insane amount, which I kind of expected. Not insane, but he wasn't called on a ton but when he was he was up for the task there were a few few jarring moments for sure especially with the feet but he always did he always made the right decision it didn't look easy
1: he made the stops he needed to make he couldn't do anything on the majority of the goals the only one going way back to Wales that Gareth Bale would have definitely put away was when Matt Turner came out like 50 50 yards from the goal but that was the only kind of shocking one he had some stuff on his feet but overall incredible especially coming back from his story of what he started playing soccer at 16, oh my God, at like yeah. D three. He was on hit the uh, sports center, not top 10, number one for the shot that went off cross oh. and cards college. He was looking up at it and then he hit it into his own net. Yep. So call of a yeah, Look, look that up too. look that up too. now that the
0: tournament's over. No bad juju for Matt Turner, but he was one of the best stories for sure. Uh, most likely to be smiling. U.S. Musa, that guy never stopped smiling. He has zoomed in on like team pictures. He's always just like the biggest grin on his face. And it's, it's so nice. I also think he's one of the guys that will be – he's he's playing day in, day out right now in, in La Liga in Spain. I think he could also be one that will be cementing his spot and looking really, really good come 2026 with more years under his belt. Um, I think most swag on the team, Timmy Wea. That dude just dripped. like Every single time he was in the ball, he was dangerous. He kind of just carries himself with that bit of swag. like You can tell this guy just kind of has it going for him. So I love Timmy. I know you love
1: Timmy too. Tim's awesome. I, he would also never be caught dead wearing that shirt that uh, Greg wore in the no. England game. States, States United. United. Yeah, yeah, he would burn that no. before he wore it.
0: Uh, most likely to be our starting striker in any next competitive game. And I say competitive game, like a, a big tournament game or um, something like that. I think it'd be Sergeant for me. Slash, potentially play for City at some point. I think if any of these guys that we just saw play and take the field, I think he is the most likely to potentially play here in his hometown um, for our club. So excited for him. I think he had a good, he had a good stock in at the world cup and um, maybe he'll come here eventually. And we'll, we'll get these last ones and I'll get to you jaw here for your, your final, uh, your final thoughts, but most likely be immediately fired set piece coach also should help dismantle the, the stadiums in Qatar just provide a helping hand there because you did not help us at all. like, in fact, it was negative. I think I could have served in some better crosses and drawn up some better plays than what this guy did. He should go. Gone. Uh um, no. set piece coach gone. And the most likely to benefit now from the new set piece coach, which who knows who this will be, gotta be Weston McKinney. Weston McKinney is our set piece guy. He's such an aerial threat. Uh I really hope he he will uh, appear more on the end of some of these these set pieces and these services coming in when we do find a new guy that can actually do his job.
1: So Justin, stars. Final thoughts here, superlatives. I've got quick superlatives. Stars, Pulisic, Adams, Robinson, Turner. Nothing else to say there. Those guys were great. Had potential, and I didn't think lived up to it. Still played fine, but not as good as I was hoping. Zimmerman, Musa, and Dest. I just feel like they all three could have done a little more. I'm excited for going forward. Josh Sargent, Tim Weah, and Gio Reyna. Um, I thought all three of those looked creative, and especially when Gio had time on the field, and I love Tim Weah. Guys, that should help take down the the stadiums. Shaq Moore. Jordan Morris and Haji Wright. I hope I never see you again. Stick around. See ya.
0: Yep. Yeah. Only one I disagree potentially there is Dust, And I think Dest had his worst game today. But I think he had a good, good, strong tournament. Like, he was growing into it the whole time. But otherwise, I, I think I'm with you. I just wanted games.
1: a little bit more attack out of him. I think he, otherwise he'd be fine. And maybe, yeah, I don't know. Also, one thing we didn't really talk about, I was, I was so worried after the first game with four yellows. We didn't get another yellow card. No. We were actually very, very,
0: yeah, we didn't get another yellow card. We were very, very resilient and somehow did not get those. Weird. We were really yeah. smart.
1: Very surprised yeah. by that what's ahead for the team? I, I think let's yeah, first get into the elephant in the room. Mr. Greg Berhalter. So, yeah, what's next ahead week? for us? Yeah. What's
0: ahead for us? So obviously we have a ton of fans here that are big soccer fans and a ton of fans that are just fans of the World Cup, which is totally fine. Not not judging at all. You probably – the the head coach job is is a big deal, obviously. And and right now, Berhalter's contract expires either at the end of the World Cup in a couple weeks after the World Cup. Either way, it expires – very, very soon. So the national team, Ernie Stewart, friend of the pod, has a big, big conversation and decision to make here. Do we go back to Berhalter? If so, is it for the entire 2026 World Cup cycle? Is it for a smaller cycle as more of an interim person to wait for the new manager? Do we just let him go? Um, And when I say let him go, like just let his contract expire, look for a new person. Personally, I think with the tournament's coming up, and just to give you some context, the Gold Cup is the CONCACAF version of the World Cup, but it's just North American teams. It happens next summer. The Youth World Cup for the U-20 folks is happening basically next summer as well. And then the following summer, the Copa America and Olympics are happening. We're not invited to Copa America yet. Uh but I think with there i've heard murmurings we actually might be, which would be awesome. Copa America's the South America world Cup, so obviously brazil's you're you're i mean really really good teams in this tournament colombia, Peru, like very, very solid teams, so that is happening. We might get into that, it sounds like we might be Olympics we already qualified for that's a u twenty three team mostly with a couple of guys that are exceptions that could be above twenty three years old, so that's what's ahead for us. Me personally, Greg is not the guy for 2026, nor do I think anyone should have more than one World Cup cycle to, to go. I, I think your 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 vision, your message starts to get a little bit stale after those four years. Eight years is a long time to be in one job for anyone. So, and, and especially in sports, any coach, like who, who, who is coaching for eight years? Like Bill Belichick and some crazy examples. But for me, he's not the guy to take us forward. I could see them extending him for 2023 just to see this like kind of intermediate period there's not many, very many meaningful things coming up for us but i i do think we'll be having a new coach on the sidelines to take
1: us from 2024 to 2026 absolutely i couldn't agree more ernie if you can't make the call call me i'll make the call get him out yeah we're happy happy to consult. I, I, he he did fine we talked about he had a lot of pregame great stuff but anybody can have Great pregame. It's, it's what's about what's in the moment. And there is not a yeah. single person in America who's like, wow, Greg killed it.
0: Get him out. Yeah. I, I would I would say here, like, if we would have gone on, there is there is definitely, like, gone to the quarterfinals. There is definitely a case to be made that, like, Greg might be the guy. He just took you to a quarterfinal after not qualifying. And there also was a case to make if he doesn't get out of group, he's not the guy 100%. So he's kind of in this middle ground where it's like it wasn't unsuccessful, but it wasn't as great as we would like to have it. So you're kind of caught between two here, and you have four years down to prep. So, in 2023 is kind of a lost year. There aren't very many meaningful things going on in 2023 for us. I think 2024 is what you're really looking at. So, is it immediate? No, but do I think he's the guy for 2026? No.
1: No, yeah. we have and we have friendlies coming up to Serbia and Colombia in January, and then we have Nations League in March. So maybe he gets through that just to get over the hump. We need, we don't need to yeah. rush into this, but he should not be doing any meaningful tournaments coming up, in my opinion.
0: Get him out. Yeah. And I think he should give the guys that played this World Cup. Like, I don't I don't want him to call any of these guys in for these World Cups for these national cycles. Like, let them have a break. Like this club season with the World Cup in in the middle of it. It's gonna be a long, long season for these guys. So and mentally just draining as well. So I would really hope that he gives them some time off from the national team and blood some new guys and blood some even domestic guys. I'm fine with doing of stuff. Like that, that's that's fine so i i really hope he gives those guys time whoever the coach is um for especially this year in 2023 so there's on the horizon some cool opportunities with the olympics the youth the u20 world cup and uh potentially copa america coming up gold cup's always fine uh not, not the highest level of play obviously but it's against mexico and canada so there's something there but i really do hope we we get into 2024 and probably have a new coach at the time taking us to the domestic world cup here Let's talk about
1: what's ahead for us next on ball watching.
0: Yeah. What's ahead for your hosts? We're not
1: not exactly slowing down, but obviously with the U S where we don't have to do as many recaps and and primers and stuff like that. But our kind of plan for you guys is the quarters start on Friday next this coming Friday, December 9th. So we're going to do a recap of the round of 16, high level, talk about our thoughts on that. And we're just going to kind of continue that theme. And then we'll do a recap of the quarters when the semis start on December 13th. And then we'll do a recap of the semis before the final on December 17th. And then we'll do a recap of the final. So just some smaller things coming up. We'll make those quick. The U.S. is out. Just to keep you guys, anybody else that's still somewhat engaged into the World Cup. Yeah. um, Anything you want to hear. So reach out if you have specifics on any of those. But kind of looking ahead to that, now that the U.S. is out, we kind of have to pick a team. And I, and I, I think you already did this before the World Cup. I'm going to Brazil for two reasons. One, they look great. I also think they have a pretty easy route. They have Korea tomorrow, and then they play the winner of Japan and Croatia. And then lots of face like Argentina or whatever, but I think they blow through those two games. They're plus 250 to win the World Cup. And my second reason, unfortunately, probably the greatest player of all time, Pele, is dying. And he is on his deathbed. They just moved him pretty much to hospice. So extremely sad. I think this yeah. that gives those guys even something more to play for. And they don't want to let him down. And I think this team's going to be fighting like no other. And they're already incredible. So hammering Brazil, plus 250. Literally after this podcast. Love it. No, I think Brazil's definitely going to be in the final.
0: Um, I, I also have some money on Spain as well. That's the, the country that I'm kind of tracking. They had a pretty crappy last game, obviously, but I, otherwise I think they'd look pretty good. They take on Morocco, and Morocco was the shock winner of their group um, in the round of 16 on Tuesday, so I'll be really anxiously watching that game. Uh, other games that we have coming up, uh, Japan, Croatia, you already mentioned, is tomorrow, and I think tomorrow is in Monday. Um, that's the same uh, day as Brazil, South Korea. Tuesday has Morocco, Spain, and Portugal, Switzerland. And I know we we talked about this before. I have a feeling that there could be upset alert. Alarm bells ringing for Portugal. I don't think they've looked the final product so far this tournament. And the Swiss are a very, very dedicated, balanced team. And I think they could be the ones to bring an end to Portugal. So, Jake, I'm feeling risky.
1: Maybe. I'll be your I'll be your bookie for that one. Send me okay. a text. I'll I'll take the uh, I'll we'll take the side minus one ten. Switzerland plus three thirty. Hit me up. Okay. Even if you want to take them to Love advance, it. they're plus one seventy five. I'll be your bookie. All good. All good. That's what we got. So
0: yeah, we'll 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 be here probably on Wednesday or Thursday, bringing a round of sixteen recap to you all. After that is officially closed out, and looking forward to the quarterfinals. But we're not going anywhere. We're I mean, the World Cup is still one of the coolest events. I think to me, it's the coolest event in sports in the world. We're a little bit biased here, obviously, but we're not going anywhere. Uh, Maybe a little bit less tracking just one team, but we'll be bringing the coverage to you all in terms of the primers and recaps, what to look for. Uh, But the world Cup's still very much going just the U S are not in it, but generally I think we had a a good tournament. We can definitely be happy in our performance and, and look forward to what's to come for this team.
1: Agreed. So keep following us, keep sending us suggestions, questions, anything you want to hear for the rest of the world cup at ball, watching STL DM us, Use our code for Series Six. Buy your Christmas stuff. It'll be here for you. Know it. It's insane that it's pretty much three weeks away. I can't. That three weeks away from today. That's insane. Yeah, Jesus. it's insane. Get on there. Use use the code Ball Watching for Series Six for fifteen percent off. And uh, I would say let's go USA. That's what we've been saying, but that sucks. So uh, let's yeah. go. How about Brazil? Let's just let's just go soccer for all the fans out there. Oh, Jesus. Let's just let's
0: just enjoy the time where soccer is. No, hold on. Let's enjoy this time where soccer gets a good, good amount of coverage and people actually care a little bit more about it than they do in regular life. So I, I can celebrate that and I could be fine with that. and Hope you all are too. But um, happy Monday to you all listening to this on the pod. And uh, we will uh, chat with you again, like I said, probably middle to end of this week and talk more World Cup round of 16 and quarterfinal previews. Appreciate you all. Been loving the World Cup stuff. We love we love bringing this content to you all and we'll we'll chat with you all soon. Take
1: See care. See you next time. See ya. Yeah.